Good morning, Frontline family. So good to be with you here this morning. Welcome online with us. I hope that you've all had a good weekend. I'm trusting that you have an expectation for the Word of God this morning. We have all come here to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and may we be transformed this, this morning by the Word as we see Jesus as He is. God's Word never returns void, church, and if there is a void in your life this morning, trust the Lord to fill that to overflowing as you have an encounter with His truth. Amen? Let's pray together this morning. Father God, we come to you today in the wonderful and magnificent name of Jesus. We want to commit this time to you, Lord. We want to commit this word to you. Lord, as we hear your word today, let us encounter the revelation of your truth in the knowledge of who you are and be changed so deeply that we will be ignited to live lives completely surrendered to your will and your purpose and be a catalyst of change in our world. Lord, we submit our ways and our plans to you today and we ask you to mold us and use us for your glory. And Lord, I pray that as I undertake to present your word of truth today, Lord, that you would anoint my lips and the ears of those listening. I ask this all in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Well, church, it's so good to be with you this morning. And I'm really looking forward to sharing this word with you. The Lord is leading us as a church in a very specific direction. God is calling us back to intimacy, and you would have noticed by the preaching that is coming from this pulpit that He is leading us back to love. This is what God is doing so that we can become as He is in this world. Pastor DeLeon said it very eloquently in a message last year, the message titled Positioning for the Presence of God, where she said that God is reducing the church back to love. What a powerful statement. God is reducing the church back to love. Because to a large degree, the church has become about entertainment. It has become about programs, structures, puffed up knowledge and all these other things. And God is reducing us back to the one thing that will truly transform us and those whom we come into contact with. And so today I want us to carry on with this principle of abiding in God. Because I really feel led to expand on this subject and what it means for our Christian journey. You see, there are certain principles where we just have to go a bit deeper so that we can be properly rooted in its truth and bear fruit. You know, as Christians, we can't just have head knowledge. We need to bear fruit as well. And today specifically, I want us to focus on coming into God's rest. You would have seen the title of my message, Rest is Our Inheritance, and we're going to get into that this morning. The past couple of months, we've been focusing on the epistles of John and what John was really saying to the end-time church. You know his message of God is love and God is light and how we are to become those two things. If you abide in light, you abide in love, right? Or love and light. The more you abide in love, the greater the light that you carry. And at times, church, it may seems like, seem like John's message is somewhat mystical and unattainable. Right, because he's always referring to love and light and power and how we are to abide in all of these things. And you may wonder to yourself, is this actually something that I'm capable of doing? And so I kind of wanted to take away the mystical side of that and bring that down to a practical level. And we're going to figure this out 
together today. The first scripture I want to read to you this morning is from John chapter 15, verse 4. And Jesus says this. He says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. And church, that word abide is the Greek word word which means to remain and wait, to be at rest, to remain in Him and be in a constant state of rest. It's important that we understand that. The word in in that passage of Scripture, the word in, has about 11 Greek words just for that word. But the Greek word that is used here is a word that means to remain within at rest. So the major emphasis and the, and the definition of the phrase abiding in God or abiding in me means to remain and rest in God. Church, to abide in God is to rest in God. Let me say that again. To abide in God is to rest in God. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 9, Paul said, There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. Such a short scripture, but how important for us as believers. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. And he's not talking about heaven yet, right? He was talking to the Hebrew church and he said to them, listen, there remains a rest for you. In other words, you haven't entered into it yet. Hebrews 4.11 says, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience, referring to the disobedience of the Israelites in the wilderness. And again in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 10, it says, For he who has entered his rest shall himself also cease from his own works, as God did from his. You see, church, there is a rest that God is calling us into, and it begins as we start to cease from trying to do it our own way. You know, a lot of times in a Christian walk, we try to take control and possess this Christianity thing, so to speak. You know, we want to own it. We want to possess this part of our lives. The word possess, by the way, means to own something or to take control of something. And when I was meditating on these scriptures this week, it was as if the Lord was saying to me, Ryan, if you cease from your own works and stop trying to perfect your Christian walk, and stop trying to take possession of everything in your own strength, you will allow me to possess you and own you. And that was very profound for me. And it made me think about two scriptures that I want to share with you this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 12 verse 9 says, For as yet you have not come to the rest and the inheritance which the Lord your God is given you. But when you cross over the Jordan and dwell in the land which the Lord your God has given you to inherit, He gives you rest from all your enemies round about you so that you dwell in safety. And then in Joshua chapter 1 verse 11 it says, Pass through the camp and command the people saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God has given you to possess. You see, church, rest was their inheritance. 
And it was compared with entering into the promised land. But the scripture tells us that most of them did not enter in. But they remained in the wilderness and died in the wilderness. They were still God's people, but they died there. They didn't enter into their rest and receive their inheritance in God. And God is still saying to us today, that as the church and for us individually, we have to enter into our rest and receive this inheritance that God has for us. You see, this mandate hasn't changed. And church, what I want to be very clear on this morning, when I speak about rest, I'm not speaking about inactivity. There's a big difference. You know, it's not lying on some deck chair on a beach somewhere with a nice cool drink in your hand and everyone just doing everything for you, right? It's not doing nothing. It's learning to move in God, learning to wait, and then move only when God moves, right? Rest is not inactivity. So in these two scriptures that we just read, read, it speaks about finding rest from your enemies, dwelling in the land, and possessing the land. And what land are we talking about here? When he says that he'll give you rest from your enemies, where is the land? This is the land. The land is not out there somewhere. The land is you. You see, God is trying to possess you. This land. And in other words, church, what I'm trying to tell you this morning is that you first have to win the battle on the inside. You have to come to rest on the inside. Because if we don't do that, we can't really do much on the outside. You know? We cannot possess the land literally in sense of taking cities and nations if we haven't taken the land in us. The battle is on the inside. The enemy on the inside has to be subdued. And what enemies are we talking about here? Enemies like lust. Enemies like fear. Enemies like jealousy on the inside. Enemies like anger. Enemies like comparison and competition. You know, church, competing with others and comparing yourself to others is a very strong enemy. If you get into that rut of competing with people, there will never be rest for you. And unfortunately, a lot of Christians compete with each other, getting into envy, jealousies, and all kinds of things. You know, jealousy will destroy you. Striving for acceptance, whether it's in ministry or in any other calling in your life, will kill you. People just find no rest because of envy in their lives or jealousy in their lives. The Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 6 says, it says, set me as a seal upon thine heart, as a seal upon thine arm. For love is as strong as death, which means it is a strong power. Jealousy, however, is cruel as the grave. The coals thereof are coals of fire, which hath a most vehement flame. You see, rest has to be your goal. Because if you have jealousy, if you have envy, if you have anger or you have fear, you cannot abide in Christ. You cannot move with God. You cannot flow with Him because these things will hinder you. You know, people will say things like, if only my circumstances would be different, my life would be fine. You know, my life would be in order. But you know what? It wouldn't be because the battle on the inside would not be changed. 
the battle will still be raging on the inside, right? And church, listen to this. God won't change your circumstances until He has been able to change you. You have to win the battle on the inside. Now, there are two major spirits that we have to conquer to win the battle on the inside. Two major spirits that will hinder you from entering into your rest. And those two spirits are fear and unbelief. Fear and unbelief. And I want us to have a quick look at that. In Hebrews chapter 3, verses 17 to 19, it says, referring to God, it says, And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter, referring to the promised land, because of unbelief. Unbelief stopped them from entering into rest. You know, church, they were right on the brink of the promised land. They were right there. They could see the promised land, and so Moses sends out 12 spies, and 10 of them return engulfed in fear, right? And instead of standing on the promises of God, they start to proclaim the opposite. They say we can't go into the, to this rest because there are giants in the land. If we go in there, we're going to get killed, right? And they forgot, amidst all of this fear and unbelief, they forgot that God had just brought them out of Egypt. One of the strongest powers on earth under Pharaoh, and God delivered them. Now they're talking about a few giants in the promised land. And because of fear and unbelief, they just forgot the promises of God. They were basically saying, God, we don't trust you to get us through this. And you see, church, and this can happen to all of us. There is a fear of giving yourself to God. There is a fear of entering into this bond-servant commitment with the Lord in case it doesn't work out, in case God doesn't come through for you, in case, case God doesn't take care of you. See, this is the type of fear that they had. And they were right on the brink of the, entering into the promised land, but the fear rose up like a giant and it just bound them. And they died in the wilderness and they just never entered in. You see, they said there are giants in the land. We're going to get killed. God, you're not going to take care of us if we, we go in there. That's what they were basically saying. God, we don't trust you with our lives. And if you're thinking this morning, well, I don't know about these Israelites. They seem like a, a weak bunch of people, you know, weak in character. You know, I, would, I think God would take care of me in any situation of my life. If that's you, that's good thinking, but you need to ask yourself the question. Am I willing to give my whole life over to God? Not part of my life, my whole life. Am I willing to abandon my life to Him, follow Him, and abide in Him? Because that's another story. You see, we have to win the battle on the inside, and we have to die, in a sense, to everything but God's will and purpose for our lives. Now, it's easy saying that, right? But we have to die to self and take our hands off the wheel. We have to die to everything but God's plan and purpose for our lives. Where you exchange your life for His life. 
Church, we need to be free from striving and competition. It has to be brought to an end. The battle on the inside has to come to an end. You see, what happens to most of us in our Christian journey is we get to this place where we're moving in God and God is, is directing us very strongly. And we get to this place we want to, where we want to surrender all of our life to God. And then what happens is Satan comes along and he starts to lie to you. And he says to you, the cost is going to be too great. You are going to have to give up far too much to follow God. You know? And he messes with your head. But you see, church, we have a choice. And you've got to come to a place in God of rest where you really know that God is for you and that He loves you. Where we get away from this place where we have one foot in the world and, and one foot in the church and we don't know quite where to stand. Because God wants you sure-footed. Because in this exchange of life, there's something better. The life that you have is far greater than the life you're living right now once you make that exchange. But we often think of it in terms of what's it going to cost me, you know? What am I going to have to give up in life? What am I going to, to lose? You know what Jesus says about that type of thinking? In John chapter 12, verse 24, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone, which means it is ineffective. But if it dies, it bears much fruit, referring to dying to self. Then he says, whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. You know, it sounds like a huge thing when God says you've got to give up your life. You've got to surrender your life to Him. But in reality, all you lose is the rotten side of your life. I mean, the exchange is incredible. All you lose are the negative parts, the, the selfish parts of your life. And what you're going to get in exchange is something far beyond what you've ever been able to dream of. Paul says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, because He loved me and He gave Himself for me. And you know what He's saying, church? He's saying that I've died to, to self and what I want, and now I live for Him and what He wants. And because of this, Christ lives His life through me. And you know what? Because of this, I finally come to a place of rest. I'm finally at a place of rest and I don't have to prove anything anymore. And he said, I live this life by faith. A faith that rests on the assurance that God is for me and that God loves me. You see, church, when we have all these negative emotions of anger, fear, and jealousy, what we're really saying is, God, I don't trust you with my life. That's what it's saying. God, I don't trust you to bring to pass the highest good for me. You know, I'm just going to have to surrender too much and give up too much to follow you. So what happens is that the battle on the inside continues to rage on all these negative emotions and you just never come to a place of rest. You just don't have rest for your soul. But you know what God says? God says, I want to send you into the land because this is your inheritance. 
This is the major objective that you enter into rest from the enemy in the land on the inside. And you know what the truth is, church? You'll never really be effective in anything that God has for you unless you have settled the battle on the inside. And you may have a call of God upon your life to impact the body of Christ in a certain ministry, you know, full-time or as a volunteer. But until this is settled, you're never going to be effective because your commitment in ministry is related to your abandonment to God. You're always going to be torn between what you're willing to sacrifice to God until this is settled. And so there has to be a real depth to our desires, our ambitions, and our abandonment to God. Because church, did you know that all these negative emotions that I've been speaking to you about, they cannot exist if we only want what God wants for us? It doesn't matter what someone else has got and what someone else has achieved in life. We only want what God wants for us. We're only interested in His approval, right? And listen to this, church. We are pleased when other people are being blessed. We are pleased when people are being blessed financially or they are excelling in ministry, even if they are excelling far above you, what you are doing. You see, we're not envious because the battle on the inside has stopped. We only want to please God. In Matthew chapter 11, from verses 28 to 30, Jesus said, and He's still saying to us today, He's saying, come to me. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And you know, church, this reference to a yoke is very interesting. Because to break an ox in, they would take a young ox, and they would yoke it to the big ox. They would attach it, right, in some sort of mechanism around their necks. And wherever that big ox went, the young ox had to go with it. Because they were yoked together. So just get this picture in your mind. You know, if the big ox turned right, the, the young ox had to turn right. If he turned left, he had to turn left. If he ran ahead, he had to run ahead with him. But if he had to stop and wait, he had to stop and wait with him. Was there any pressure on the young ox to lead and go ahead? There wasn't. And what Jesus is saying here this morning, church, is that I want you yoked to me. I want you tied to my purposes for your life. I want you to move like I move. I want you to love as I love. And he says, my yoke is easy. It's not hard. My demands on you will not be more than you can handle. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. And you will finally come to a place of rest. Church, if we were to take a census today of how many of us have really entered into this rest, there probably wouldn't be many of us, if any at all, that could confidently say that we have truly entered in. Why? Because the battle on the inside is still raging. So we have to start dealing with the fear and unbelief that is going on inside of us. We have to subdue the enemies that are stopping us from entering into, this, into our promised land. Because church, God says there remains a rest 
for the people of God. This is His promise. And we have to get to a place, church, where we stop striving for everything in life. You know, isn't it strange how the enemy will always keep you busy so that you don't just stop and deal with what's happening internally? You know, all the striving to get ahead in life. You know, you want to excel in, in business. You want to excel in, in ministry. We're trying to possess these things instead of just giving them away. And church, all the enemy does is keep you busy striving and performing on the wrong things, which actually leads to an ineffectiveness in your calling, and you basically just keep on feeding the enemy on the inside. And then what happens? You start to place unrealistic expectations on yourself and on others because you just haven't entered into rest. What we need to realize this morning, church, that for all of us, is that our whole life is a ministry. Your walk with God, your whole life is a ministry. And when God called you, because we're all called, right? When God called you, He didn't say, you know what, just get your act together and do everything just perfect. You see, that's not how God works. Rest is our goal. Our inheritance is to abide in Him and wait for Him. You've got to stop fighting. You've got to get off that treadmill of always performing. God is just saying, you know what, just wait for me, be yoked to me. Just do what I've called you to do. You won't get it right all the time, but just be with me, flow with me, rest in me. Don't run ahead. God says, when I speak to you, I will make it clear, then you move. But just rest. You know what God is saying? Instead of always doing, 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 just start being. Just start being in my presence. And then you're going to bear fruit. It's a big difference. You see, just be content with God's will for your life at this present time. Rest and enjoy life, you know? We need to enjoy life a little bit more. We need to laugh more. I'm speaking to myself because I can be a very serious guy sometimes. You see, we always want the answers. We always want to know what to do next. But church, when you don't have a specific or clear guidance from the Lord on what to do next, the Bible is very clear. The next thing you do is the most loving thing possible. Nothing else is expected of you. Where there's no specific guidance or no specific direction, all you have to do to stay in the will of God and abiding in God is to do the most loving thing possible. That's all we need to do. When God says, if you need a word, He says, I'll give it to you. But don't strive for it. Just be in my presence. And you know, church, as Christians, we need to get away from this mold of, of dependency. Where we're always waiting for a word from some pastor or a prophet before we take the next step in our lives or find some sort of answer to what we're experiencing. A, a large part of the body of Christ are, are waiting from a word for some, from some prophet or some pastor. And you know what? We're going to get away from that. Because that's becoming a form of idolatry. You can't live like that. That's not healthy because that's not a place of rest. That is a place of dependency. When God has specifically spoken to you, you need to be obedient to that. In the meantime, just walk in love, 
walk in being with God. And if He has something specific for you, He'll get it through to you. How many of you out there know that it's, it's difficult to enter into this, this rest? That it's hard? Not because God's made it hard, it's because we make it hard. Letting go is very, very hard for us because we think if we let go, we're going to lose something, right? But church, when you know your love for God and His will for your life and your love for each other, then you begin to come into rest. You see, the battle on the inside has to come to an end. God said, if you come into rest, you're really going to bear fruit. You're going to be very, very fruitful. And it will be natural. It won't be forced. It won't be something where you're constantly pressurized and you have all the stress on your life. You know, God describes it as ceasing from your own works. That's how it works with God. We have to be willing to give it all away and lose everything to enter into this inheritance. And church, I've, I've said a lot today and there's a lot to think about and a lot to chew on. And I'm going to start to close with this. And you know, church, I'm not saying that I've perfected this and that I'm standing before you here today having fully entered into this inheritance that God has for me because, you know, I'd be lying to you. But what I can say to you this morning is that God is busy showing me that all the striving that I've done in my life has really amounted to very little. Because I've seen in my life how I've pursued many things and tried to take possession of many things. And you know what? It's not all bad because God has really been good to me. But you know, I thought it would bring some kind of happiness. I thought it would bring some sort of fulfillment and success. But all it really did was bring more pressure and more stress. Certainly not, not rest. And coming into ministry, when God called us into ministry, it was like He wanted to strip everything I could possess in my old life and in my own abilities so that He could deal with the enemy within me that was holding me back from entering into His rest and His perfect will for my life. And I'm not going to preach to you today and tell you that I've perfected this and that it's been an easy journey because it hasn't. But what I will tell you this morning, church, is that I've decided to do, go on this journey of ceasing from my own works. And as hard as it is to let go, I'm going to give it all to Him. Because I know that His plans for my life are far greater than anything I could ever begin to imagine. And you know what? I'm not going to allow the enemy to take possession of my inheritance. I'm going to rest in my God and I'm going to trust Him to lead me every single step of the way. Church, there remains a rest for the people of God. There remains a rest for you. Take a step this morning into the inheritance that God has for you. Church, may God bless this word over your life this morning. And we're going to end in a song this, this morning. I'm going to ask the worship team just to take off on that last song that we finished on. Thank you so much for being with us here this morning. Let this word just settle in your heart and your mind today and through this week. God is calling us into His rest. Be blessed. Have an awesome Sunday. We love you and we miss you, church.